This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. You guys, welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 117 of season eight of the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am Alex Fitton, and I genuinely hope that we get to connect if you found your way to this little corner of the internet. It's my very favorite thing to make friends with you guys. So send me a message, comment, email, or whatever, and let's chat. Speaking of chats, I can't wait for you guys to meet or get to know better if you already follow her, Mrs. Becky Reese. When I tell you guys that I feel like I just want to be her friend, I am so, so serious. She is the most delightful person, and I had a blast getting to talk to her. She and her husband adopted triplets and have an amazing open adoption with their birth mama, and we just got to talk about all the things. So before we go talk to Becky though, let me really quickly remind y'all about my email list, which is called Mama Mail. I have so much fun curating this weekly newsletter full of links and resources for you guys and some fun stuff as well. If you're already signed up, you know you got this episode straight to your inbox already, along with other goodies. If you're not part of it, you are totally missing out. So head to the adoptivemompodcast.com slash community right now and sign up for Mama Mail. Okay. Let's go talk to my new bestie, Becky Reese. If you're adopting in the U.S., you probably need an adoption profile book. We believe that this snapshot into your life is one of the most important investments you'll make on your adoption journey. After all, the pages in your book act as your first impression to an expectant mother as she envisions what her child's future will look like. Four years after their own adoption journey, our friends at Little Ampersand Co. have created over 300 adoption profile books, helping families just like yours connect with expectant parents and bring the newest addition to their family home. Little Ampersand Co. is offering AMP listeners $100 off any adoption profile book package with the code ADOPTIVEMOM. Start your journey today at littleampersandco.com or check them out on Instagram at littleampersandco. And don't forget to use the code ADOPTIVEMOM for $100 off any adoption profile book package. All right, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am so excited to be sitting here. Uh, I would say face-to-face. I mean, we are face-to-face, but it's like through Zoom. So, you know, face-to-Zoom to-face with Becky Reese. How is it going? It's great. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. We were talking before we started recording and I've followed you for such a long time. And so I am so thrilled. I've, you know, as soon as I booked you, I was like, why did I not do this sooner? I'm so excited to have you, um, take just a quick second, introduce us to yourself and your family before we get into all of the fun, uh, journey stuff. Awesome. Okay. So I am Becky. Um, my husband is Adam. We are now Alabamians. Um, <laughs> but at the time of adoption, we lived in Dallas, Texas. We actually um, adopted identical um, identical girls. Sorry, I was like triplet girls. Let's see, missing something. Identical triplet girls um, from Northwest Arkansas. 
Um, so we have an open adoption, um, and just a whole nother now arm of our family and our daughter's birth family. I love that. Um, I love open adoption. I love, especially like cross-cultural open adoption, because there's all these opportunities to like learn each other's culture, to be all up in each other's families. And just to, I don't know, just to like pave the way for a new type of family that I think that our generation, you and I, like we're starting to see more of, and I just, I love every second of getting to like, see all of it unfold. Cause I think before our generation adoption has been such a buttoned up issue. And now it's like mostly open adoption, which I love. It's crazy because my grandmother, when we first announced that we were adopting the girls, you know, she's, she was 93 and she was like open adoption. She was like, oh my gosh, you cannot do that. You know, she will take your daughters away. And I'm like, first of all, like, let's pause. It's not our daughters. It's not my daughter. It's like our daughters. Um, but it's just that stereotype and how it's changed. Like you said, it's so cool to see now how people are embracing it and, and loving it and getting this huge family. And I mean, it's been a blessing to us, but I can't even tell you how amazing it's going to be for my girls. Like there won't be any questions. There's not going to be, hopefully those feelings of abandonment and stuff. They'll know, they'll always know that this came from a place of love and that they've been loved so much and so hard from day one. Mm. Well, and you know, not just by you guys, which is so cool. And we'll, we'll get into all of that, but like, I, were you expecting, like when you started posting, were you expecting your Instagram to just blow up the way it did? Like everyone is obsessed with your daughters. <laughs> no, I really wasn't. And it blew up pretty quickly. There were a couple, we had a love what matters article. And after that, it kind of like blew up very quickly. And then with a little bit of the film stuff that the girls have done, like it's kind of blown up from there too. And you know, I, I haven't been as good as I should about keeping up with it. Um, but it's hard. I mean, like I work full time and then the girls and it's like at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I need to make an Instagram post. And like, yeah, you, you just know, have a little bit going on. <laughs> it's, it's like if, if, if I tried to make a post every day, it would be such a train wreck. Like half the time we're like, you know, not fully clothed. Hair's not brushed. Like, <laughs> I feel that so hard. Like, I'm like, oh, well, it's been five days since I posted that just happened. And yeah, no, but I also don't have like a full-time job of telling my children apart. Like, so (laughs) I am also curious about this, but I mean, I, I can't wait to hear your whole story, but I just have like all these first questions that I just have to get out of the way. So I've talked to other moms of identicals and they said that, you know, it's funny because I think us that do not have identical or even multiples at all. We're like, Oh, a mother always knows, but I've talked to so many moms who were like, no, I had to like paint their toenails or something like that to tell them apart when they were babies. Okay. So we were in the NICU for two months. So thankfully, you know, it wasn't a question then, but when Alexandra has like a little hemangioma on her cheek, so Alexandra, no brainer, like, but that's going to eventually go away, which is scary because she and Mila are so like copy paste. And then Aliana's always been just a little bit smaller, but I do like, I mean, today we're at the park and they're running. And I thought that Mila was hitting a little boy. It wasn't Mila. It was Alex. So of course I'm like, Mila, don't do that. And then I was like, oh, wrong kid. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, those are like my favorite I saw. Okay. So I saw two posts the other day. One of them was 
it was a mom of multiples. And she said, we looked at this picture for a long time and we decided that this was this child. (laughs) And they were like three, like they had to stare at it for a while. And then another post that said, let's think about how many identical twins or triplets are walking around with the wrong name. Like now they go by that name, but at birth they were given a different name and it just is, is what it is now. Yes. Yes. We look back at pictures from when they were little and it's like, "Mm, not real sure who that is. And we were so good. Like every day in the hospital, we would dump our photos and we'd label them. And I mean, like that ended quickly because we came home from the hospital. I was like, who has time for that anymore? Like, (laughs) yeah, our poor kids, like we're going to grow up and it's going to be like, oh, look, there you are. Maybe. (laughs) It's definitely you, wink. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So Becky, take us back to the very beginning. Why did you even decide to adopt and then bring us all the way to today? Okay. So let's go way back. So I'm going to take you back pre-adoption, like met my husband at college. We, he comes from a big family. There's five siblings. He, you know, we knew we wanted to get married. He always said he wanted six children. And I was always like, six children. No, you know, like you're crazy. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, we we get engaged. I get diagnosed with cancer. They dose me full of radiation. Like they, it, whole experience. But they, I get through that. Um, we're married. We try to start having a family and we're unable to. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, we don't know. There shouldn't, there, there shouldn't be anything wrong. Oh, let's check levels. Let's do this. Let's do that. And like, you know, so eventually it came down to like, it's probably this like ginormous dose of radiation that you had, like in the effects that it had on your like 22 year old body. Like, so we had to take a big pause because we always knew we wanted a family and it's like, how are you going to build that family? What are you going to do? Because adoptions are really big deal. And I mean, having a child's a big deal, but it's like, what are we going to do? How are we going to grow our family? And how can we get to that point? So my, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law, they are foster parents. And so we talked about the possibility of doing something like that. And, you know, my husband's just like, I just don't know if I can. He was like, that, that could like destroy me you know, and then you start looking at adoption and, um, just, you know, disrupted adoptions and stuff like that. And you're like, well, that could destroy me too. But, but like, you don't know, you don't know what God's plan for your life is. And you sure don't know if you don't try. So at the time we're living in Alabama, we decided to start the process. My husband gets a job in Texas. So it's like, okay, we'll kind of like put the brakes on it here. And we'll move to Texas, we'll get settled in. And we'll see from there. So we get to Dallas. Um, there's, you know, it's just still a lot of that healing, like a lot of like, how are we going to get there? And we, we wait for a little bit. We, we traveled, we did things just the two of us. And we finally get to the point where like, we're going to do this. We're going to try this again. So we go back to trying to get home studied there in Dallas. Cause we had to stop everything here in Alabama. And we go back there and because we hadn't lived in Dallas for longer than like, what, three or five years, they're trying to get stuff done from both agencies and it takes forever. And Alabama like isn't sending something over. And I mean, it's just, 
the longest process. I mean, I think we ended up getting fingerprinted like two or three times because it kept expiring. And I'm like, we're never going to get there. Like, I remember just sitting there crying before we're even home study approved being like, how is this going to happen? Like, and then we've got to try to get matched and we've got to try to, to figure this out, but we finally do. And then you're like, okay, we're here now. You know, what's next? Because there's, you know, there isn't a handbook on this. I right. mean, like, what do you do? I'm, I'm home study approved. What do you do? So you just like, we just started talking to people like that. We know had adopted. Like we, I want to know your story. I want to know how you got to where you are now. Like, what do I do? Point me in the right direction. And so we talked to several people and I flew home and I talked to some friends here and we talked and we prayed and we interviewed a lot of people and we just tried to find the best fit for us. And finally, I mean, this is like years into the process. We finally Mm -hmm. find somebody and we create this profile. And I mean, talk about like, just complete, like, like completely vulnerable. Like I'm putting myself out there. Like, and I say that, like, that's so selfish for me to think, think about an adoptive mom, but I'm like, we're putting ourselves out there. Like, it's like, I feel like a kid on the playground again. Like, pick me, pick me. Am I cool enough? Like, (laughs) Mm, yeah. So, um, we put ourselves out there and we finally like get, I guess like a hit or whatever. And a mom that was pregnant was interested in us and we were interested in her as well because she kind of fit the mold that we wanted. Um, there's so much, um, with adoptions, you know, this all too well, like with ethics and, mm-hmm. and everything. And, I mean, we just wanted to, to make sure, like, it's like, I want to know that this is ethical. I, it is my duty. It's my duty. Um, and I do think it, it is the adoptive parent's duty to ensure that, that you're upholding attorneys and agencies and everything to a really high standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's their duty as well, but it's just being hands-on and know what's going on. So. Mm-hmm. We think we're adopting this, this birth mom says that she likes us and she goes to the doctor, like to have everything confirmed and surprise. It's not one baby. It's three. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh my gosh, like, Lord, like this is, this is why, like, this is why it's taken this long. This is why it's taken all these years. And, and this is why we're here today. And so, you know, going back to like, I want to remove some of that, that questioning and ethics and all these things. I, you know, my first question is like, I, I want to meet her. I'm in Dallas. She's in Northwest Arkansas. Like, I want to meet her if she's okay with that. I don't want to force myself on anybody, but I want to meet her. Can I go to a doctor's appointment? So we get up at like three o'clock in the morning, drive to Northwest Arkansas and we get to the doctor's office and she's not there. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I'm crushed. I'm devastated. Like, Mm. and I'm just like, Oh my goodness. My husband like reached over. He holds my hand. He's like, you know, faith over fear. Like it's okay. Whatever happens, it's going to be okay. So like we see this car, like wheel in on two wheels and the most beautiful mama you've ever seen in your life, get out and like run across the parking lot. And I'm like, that's her. 
That's Aww. her. So we go and we texted some just because I didn't want it to be like, oh, you know. so we walk in and she turns around and she's like, Becky. And she gives me this huge hug. And I mean, it's just like, like the weight of the world just like had lifted, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, she's so precious and so amazing. And so we sit down for a minute. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I slept in, I was running late, you know, um, all these things. And they call her back and I didn't want to intrude. So she, she gets up and she starts walking. She's like, come on. I'm like, you're going to let me come. Like, I just wanted to be here. Like I wanted to go to lunch and talk. And so I get up and start walking and then she turns around. She's like, Adam, come on. And I'm like, this is happening. Like, so we go back and we sit and we're waiting on the doctor and we just like laugh and cut up. Like she is everything that I would want in family and a friend and like just a beautiful person. Like she lights up the room. And so we talk, we hang out, we cut up, we get to hear the baby's heartbeats and we just spent that time, that hour or so at the office with her and we're getting ready to finish up and it's time to make the next appointment at the front desk. And so they're getting ready to make the appointment. And she turns around and she says, when can you come? And I'm like, I get to come back. And she's like, yeah, if you want, like, yes. So she invited us to come back to another appointment. We go to lunch and, um, birth dad comes to lunch as well. And we just hang out and we spend the day and it was amazing. Like it just felt like, like we were supposed to be family and friends. And this went on through the pregnancy. She even let my parents, my parents, uh, like before we got started, I told you I'm our family's like the Griswolds. My (laughs) parents came up and met her, took us all to dinner, met her, hung out. Like it, it was great. And if she still to this day, like laughs about my dad's like corny dad jokes, which <laughs> cracks me up. And, um, I mean, we've all just spent a lot of time together as family. And when the girls were born and we were in the NICU for two months, I mean, like, I'm so thankful that we had that relationship because there she is recovering from a C-section and recovering from this triplet pregnancy. And we have the relationship for her to call me and say, Becky, I'm not feeling okay. Can you go get me some medicine? Mm. Becky, you know, this is going on. Can, do you mind you know, going by the store and getting this for me? And I mean, my goodness, of course, anytime, but like, it was that relationship. Like we had that solid foundation that started from the beginning. Um, and the same with my parents, like when my parents would come to the NICU the first couple of days to see the girls, they would stop downstairs and, and see her and bring breakfast and do these things. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything I didn't know I needed. Yeah. I didn't know that I needed our birth bomb, you know, like I knew I wanted this open adoption and, you know, you think about it and like, I'm like, I want it for my kids. I want them to always know how loved they are. I want them to know how wanted they've been from the beginning. If there's any questions, I want them answered. I want them to know their history and their culture. I want them to know all these things. And I knew I wanted that for them, but I needed it for me too. Mm. I needed that. And, you know, the girls are in the NICU. I'm sorry. Um, the girls are in the NICU. She's released from the hospital and she comes and tells them bye. And we're still texting and talking every day. And, uh, um, 
you know, carrying her medicine when she needs it, doing whatever. I'm offering to come get her. You know, if you want to see the girls, I'll come pick you up. I know you can't drive right now. And she's just like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And so like, there I am. I'm like, yeah, my feelings hurt. I'm like, you don't want to see the girls. Like this, this is the most amazing thing in the world. Like, come on. Like, but I knew that she needed some healing too. And, um, after a couple of weeks, I mean, I can't, whew, after a couple of weeks, um, she texted me one day and she said, Hey Becky, I'm, I'm going to be there at two. And I'm just like, my husband had to go back to Dallas for work. I'm sitting in the queue by myself and like a panic. I did. I was like, Oh my gosh, she's going to get here and she's going to see how beautiful and perfect they are. And, and, and she's, she's going to want to keep her babies, her babies, not my babies, her babies. She's going to want to keep them. And I panicked. I did. I mean, like, I feel like an idiot saying that because like how selfish and like I sit there and I called Adam and I'm like, I'm panicked. Like I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely panicked. You know, these feelings of, of fear and doubt, like it just like was overwhelming. And like one of our nurses came in and I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like I've been so excited for her to come see him. And now I'm just scared to death. And like, it hits me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, this is the first time that she's ever going to hold her daughters. And here I am being so incredibly selfish. And I mean, she came in, she held them. We talked, we laughed, we sat on the sofa and she grabs my hand and she said, God gave me these girls so you could be their mother. And I'm like, wow, how selfish am I? So, I mean, like, you know, you go through this and, and, and any part of adoption, any of it, all of it, it's scary. You know, it's, it's hard and it weighs on you and it still does this day, but like to see God just work through, through adoptive families and birth families, it's just like truly amazing. Like, I don't know. It's just, and you know, now to this day, like we FaceTime all the time so she can see the girls. We text, we, I mean, it's, we're family. It's, it's pretty incredible. I'm sorry. I ramble so much. (laughs) No girl, this is exactly like, I love, I love it hearing all the details because that's like, that's what we crave to hear when we're listening to adoption stories. Like we want to know the nitty gritty. And I just, I love how vulnerable you're willing to be. And that's something that I wish more people were able to, to be, you know, and like, cause that's what, that's what we want to hear. You know, this is going to sound great. Like, you know, you're called up in, in the adoption. I was so called up in everything. And, and I, I love our birth mother and uh, she's our family, but still that wave of selfishness came over me in that moment. And it took God really just like snapping me out of it and being like, no, like, and that's the thing, like they're, they're not my daughters. They're our daughters collectively. Um, and I'm so glad, like how amazing they have her that love them and they have me and Adam. That's, I love that. That's what we always say. Like she, birth mom's always like, how lucky are they to have both of us to have two moms? And I mean, they are, and I think that's a lot of the beauty of it. And, you know, I, I understand the need for closed adoptions and situations and I understand that open adoption isn't for everyone, but 
I'm so glad that that's what we have. I'm, I'm so incredibly thankful. And it's like, even like extended family, like when we've been to visit, we've gone to our birth mom's niece's birthday parties, like, and everybody just welcomes you with open arms. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's scary. I mean, it really is like, they're scared. Like, it's kind of like, oh my goodness. Like I'm opening myself up to, and my, and my daughter's up to where they could be so hurt. But like, I think it's also important to just know boundaries, healthy boundaries. Um, and you know, we've, (laughs) we've been very, I feel like respectful with each other, um, to where it's never really, there've never been any really boundaries crossed, but I've had some other adoptive moms who've been like, you know, sometimes we've had to like, you know, set our foot down on things and, and that's understandable. I just, I think it's a lot of give and take. And I think it's opening up your heart and opening up your mind to something so amazing. And like you said, like breaking those stereotypes from back in the day, I have two cousins that are adopted and it's closed adoptions. And, you know, my cousin, she's always like, I wish I knew my mom. I wish that I would have known these things and just hearing those stories and, and knowing that this is best for them. And I have another cousin that was adopted from Vietnam and she wants to be so tied to her culture Mm. and that's something that her adoptive parents can't really give her, you know, they can try, but by us being connected to the girl's birth family, like they're getting that culture, they're getting those things and we're not able to go visit as much as we want. Um, but it's still there. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got handicrafts in their room. Their grandmother who is still back in the Marshall Islands, like she sends stuff and makes things. And I just think it's so beautiful and so important. Like, yeah. And there's a lot of that education and history that I can't give them, but they get firsthand counts of it from their family. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I love that, um, especially, I mean, especially this year, or I I say with recent years, because Moana did not come out this year, but you know, with them making, uh, May, you know, AAPI month and like how so much more awareness there's becoming, um, I'm not, I'm fumbling over my words, how much more awareness there now is for specifically Pacific Island culture, because I think that that has been lumped in with so many other cultures for so long, uh, to us as, you know, as white people, not to them, obviously, but, um, I know like all of my Marshallese friends, like they are so in love with Moana. Cause they're like, she looks like me and that doesn't happen. You know, it's just really cool. Yes. yes. So it's so funny because, you know, people see the girls and I get to tell them about the Marshallese culture. Like they're from the Marshall Islands. Where is that? Like I had no idea. And then, you know, my husband was a history major. So then it can turn into this history lesson, which it's crazy because people don't realize the history of the Marshall Islands. Yeah. I mean, no idea. Government kept that close to the belt, unfortunately. Yeah. I didn't learn that in history. Did you? Nope. I mean, it's crazy, but now I know so much and it's just like, this is, this is horrible. Like I'm with so many other things that need to be taught in school and history now. But I mean, like it's really given us a chance to tell people about the Marshallese um, as well as adoption and everything. So that's super cool. 
Yes. Oh, I love all of it. And like I said, you know, I don't think I didn't have chills at all. Like during your talk, it was like, I had chills the whole time. It was just, I love, like I said, how vulnerable you are with your journey and, and letting people into it because people are so inspired by it. And I know that, you know, I know as well as anyone that when you're in the throes of it, you're like, yeah, that's me. Super inspiring, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> wiping butts and <laughs> taking names. No, I just like, uh, there's, you've seen it. And like, I, like, I, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm mother adoption. You know, everything's wonderful. and perfect. No, like, like I've been like in those valleys, like I've mm-hmm. been like sitting in the bed, just crying through all this. Like I've cried during the process because, you know, I was scared. And then immediately those waves of like selfishness, like, it's just this tidal wave of emotions and, and it, it it's normal. I think everybody feels it. And then like you get these babies and, and your mom and you're, you're making these Instagram worthy posts and everything's beautiful and perfect. Um, but there's still just a lot there. It's so deep and, and people need to know it's okay. Like, it's okay to, to feel all these things, like feel them. Like, that's what I will never forget. Like I was talking to a friend, I'm like, feel it, feel these emotions, feel sad, feel scared, you know, feel worried, feel all these things, but know that those emotions are not from God. Okay. Feel it, feel it as much as you need to, but that those feelings of fear, that's not coming from God. Okay. The feeling of worry, it's not coming from God. So feel it and then let it go and let God just handle it. You know, like, He's got this. He's got you. He's got this whole situation. Yeah, like slow clap, because I think that that's something that we we crave to to hear, you know, as adoptive moms, like we have our own emotions, but then we have the emotions of our kids. And especially when they're old enough to start asking questions, you know, we have so much. And I think that you're right. There's this dance of like frustration and anger and sadness and fear, certainly fear. And we feel guilty for that and we sweep it under the rug and we push it down. And we, I I didn't just hearing permission to feel it, to allow, like experience those things and then hand them over to God and, and not, and, and ask him the hard questions. Like he can take it. I think that that's something that was, I was way too old before I actually realized like God can take my hard questions and my hard thoughts. Um, cause for so long, I just told myself that was bad and pushed it down, you know? So I read something the other day and like, I like pinned it in my head. I was like, I, like, I love this quote. I like, and it said, I've got it right here. Worry is like praying really hard for exactly what you don't want. And I'm like, whoa, that's like so profound. Like you're going to sit there and pine and worry over all these things instead. And like I said, feel it, feel it. But instead of at the end of that, like handing over to God, so you're just going to worry and worry and worry and worry yourself sick. And like when you're in the process of adoption or like, oh my gosh, like I have all these thoughts. Like I'll tell you what I worry about. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I need to make sure that we're in this great school system that's very diverse for my girls. And they're three, but I'm worrying about that now. Like, really? Like, come on, Becky, like get a grip. But I don't know. Like, you know, you can sit and worry or, or you can, you can hand it over and you know, worrying is just like, you're sitting there worst case scenario. And it is like praying really hard for what you don't want. So just like, let it, 
let it go. Let him like, I have to tell myself that all the time. Like it's going to be okay. I love that quote. That's you're right. Profound. That would be the word I was about to say. You're right. That's so profound. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, girl. Are you ready for some closing questions? Yes. Okay. What do you wish you had known at the very beginning of this journey? Go back and tell past Becky. What do I wish I would have known? Um, wow. There's so many things. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be profound, Becky. There's just so many things like, um, wish I would have, I, I wish I would have known that and realized that, that, that this is our journey and it doesn't look like anybody else's. Mm. So I wish I would have known when I'm, I'm following these moms on Instagram or when I'm looking at all these other adoption journeys and these moms are getting, are getting placed and they're adopting their kids. I wish I would have known that, that comparison is just, is, is the thief of joy. I wish I would have known that everybody's experience looks different. And at the end of the day, your experience is who makes you and what makes you and what makes your family and your kids. So I I just wish I would have known that, that, and you do know, but you, you find yourself looking, you're like, why not me? Like, like, did you ever sit there and go, wow. So-and-so like they, they've only like been trying to, to adopt like for months and they've got this placement. And, and what about me? God, why'd you forget about me? Like, I just wish I would have known that, that everybody's journey is just so incredibly different, but that's who makes them what they are in the end. Love that. Love it. Um, okay. What do you wish you had done differently? Who this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> and this is something like I've thought about for a while. Cause it's funny. Cause like everybody, like ask about the, the girls' names and there is, you know, they're Marshallese. So there's that different culture. I wish I would have incorporated some of their culture into their names. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds silly, but I would have loved for them, like their grandmother in the Marshall Islands, her name is Ruth. Like, I wish I would have, so we would have had like our family incorporated and our birth family incorporated and just kind of like really mesh the two. And I know that sounds silly, but like, it's something to this day that I'm just like, that would have been so cool. Cause it'd have been like, you're Ailey for my grandmother and you're Ruth for your other grandmother. I don't know. Like, I think it would have been a nice way to mesh our families together. Like we're already meshed, but in like a really cool way for the girls. I love that. No, I think that, I don't think that's silly at all. I think that, you know, when you're, when you're in it, there's always going to be things that you look back and you're like, Oh, that would have been cool. But you know, like you said, for your first answer, like our journey is unique. So. Yeah. Um, okay. How, what is your favorite way? How's your tribe best supported you? How is our, oh my gosh. Like, I'm going to tell you, this is community. Adoption is community. Like it is, Mm -hmm. it is the most incredible community in the world. So, so you're starting to adopt and, and then your, your suggestion page or whatever on Instagram is filled up with all these adoptive moms and you connect with them and you share stories and it's that awesome support system. So not only like, did I have that, but then there was like this whole community of triplet moms and they became like the support system. And then like my parents, oh my gosh, my parents who made the 10 hour drive every other week when we were in the NICU, who made the 10 hour drive before 
before the girls were even here to meet our birth mother and to spend time with her and to get to know her as our family. Like that, like just the love and the support, the somebody picking up the phone and saying, are you okay? Like, and it's okay to not be okay, but it's just like these small little groups of support, this community, the adoption community, the triple community. I just two weeks ago went on a trip with a group of triplet moms from around the country. And it's just, you share the good, the bad and the ugly, even, you know, you know, through adoption, through triplets, through family. I mean, I just, the support has been unreal. And the, the greatest support that we've had is just, I mean, the willingness of so many to just swoop in and help even before our adoption, like, you know, t-shirts, like different things. What can we do to help? How can we do things? When we were in Arkansas for, you know, two and a half months, like people just, you know, sending stuff, like sending us food, doing things. I mean, it's the little things that you don't think are really big, but in the eyes of somebody that's like in the throes of things, like it's means the world. Oh yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think that a lot of the time when people say, what can we do to help? Sometimes we don't always have an answer, but their willingness and just the knowledge that they're, they're there when we do have an answer is gold. Yes. Love that. Okay. How on the other side, how have you felt misunderstood or unsupported, um, just by community? And I'm sure being a little more public on the internet, you have lots of (laughs) stuff for that. I've gotten some hardcore, like hardcore DMs. Okay. Like, you know, I have, I will say this a million times over. I did not save my children. I did not save my children from anything or anyone or they would have been amazing with their birth mother and with their family in Northwest Arkansas. She chose adoption, but the people who make these assumptions of, I hate being called a white savior. I do. I hate, hate it when people even being nice, like in the grocery store, like this whole, like, Oh, they're so lucky to have you. And I'm like, no, no, they're not. They're not like, do you know how incredibly lucky I am? Like their birth mom did the most incredible and simplest thing in the world. And she trusted me with her babies Mm -hmm. And, and she loved them that much. So like, like, I don't know, like that really gets to me because no, I didn't save them. And, and people like on Instagram that just DM the horrible, hurtful things about how, you know, white savior, the some white savior that I'm like, but no, I'm not. If you only knew me, listen to me. <laughs> yeah. No, you're like, just like, just like read a caption, you know, <laughs> look into it a little bit. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So if you could wrap it all up, what is your best piece of advice or encouragement for adoptive moms in the trenches? Oh, keep your head up. Like I said, I'm going to go feel all those things, but just know at the end of the day to let it go. I mean, feel that fear, feel that worry, feel that uneasiness and know that there is this community. Know that um, any reach triplets on Instagram, 
I am always happy to talk to anybody. Um, I give people my phone number. Know that you have people that love you. Know that there have been people that have walked this journey. Your journey might look different, but there are people that have been there and they know. And if anything, it's just somebody to pray with you, to cry with you, to hold your hand because you're going to need it. It's hard. It is a hard journey, but it is mm-hmm. so worth it in the end. Even with, oh, just even with the many, many crazy things around adoptions, like missed court dates, like interruptions, anything. There have been people that have walked all those things before you and that know and that can be there with you. Like, I can guarantee you, like, I you know either one of us can, if we haven't experienced, we can point somebody in the, point them in the direction of somebody that has and that's the great thing about this community. Like it's, it's pretty incredible. And you know, with that, like there's been a couple of other moms that have adopted triplets and it's been so amazing to be able to like see that journey now from this side. Cause I had an adoptive mother of triplets reach out to me when we were adopting. So, I mean, there are people who have walked this path before and yeah. like, I once upon the time was like too afraid to ask or too, like, it's scared to be vulnerable. It's scared to to put yourself out there, but you know, don't be because we've all been there. Well, not all of us, but <laughs> if we haven't been there, we're going there, you know? Yep. Love it. Like community all the way. I think, I mean, that's one of my biggest soapboxes. just like, we are kidding ourselves. If we think we can figure this out on our own or just like bootstrap it, like, no, God, no. no, there's no not way. supposed to. And, 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 and how horrible, like trying to, to walk this alone. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not made, like we are not created. God did not create us to walk these things alone. We were created for family and for community. And there are so many people willing to hold your hand and to share and to be there for you and take it. Yeah. Take love. Amen, sister. Okay. Where uh, you said Reese triplets on Instagram, where is that where we can find you or do you have Facebook or where, where can we follow along? Um, so my Facebook isn't nearly as fun. So Reese triplets on Instagram. Um, I, I'm going to get better about posting more often. You know, I, I, I was, before we got started, I was telling you that one of the girls was hitting a little boy at the park today. Like I plan on getting more real with like, Hey, my kids are like, wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> instead of those perfectly posed pictures, because I mean, you know, now I looked at Mila a minute ago and you know, when she came in to say hi and I told her to go in there and she looks at me and she says, no. So I'm, I'm going to get to the, to the fun stuff now that we're at the fun age of three. <laughs> yeah, now that they can talk back. Oh my gosh. Yes. So we start school in August. They're going to be in the same class and they're going to be in the same class with our cousin Brock and our poor teacher has no idea what she's in for. I mean, please oh, say a prayer for her. <laughs> Yeah. Say, say a prayer for Becky and go follow her on Instagram. (laughs) Okay, guys, as always, Becky and I are about to go have a fun conversation over on Patreon. If you're not a part of that community, head to the adoptive mom podcast.com slash Patreon. Uh, she has no idea what five questions I'm about to ask her, but it's going to be fun. So join us there. And thank you so much, Becky. This has been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. 
I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the adoptive mom podcast.com. Thanks for joining us.